Are you going out this Halloween? I don't know because I haven't even thought about what I would like a costume. I don't. Mm-mm, I haven't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm simple. I would be fine mm-hmm. like having some some. That's the dog. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Every time I get on the phone, every time, and it's like not even a regular phone call. It's only Zoom. Anytime I'm talking to someone on the computer, she's like, yeah, what are you doing? What's happening? Talk to me. And it's a whole thing, but go ahead. Um, I mean, I'd be fine with, you know, being at the house and having, you know, candy for the trick-or-treaters, but I don't even think we'll have those because COVID, you know, Miss Delta, she'll be dressed up and ready to go, but I don't know about everyone else. What are you going out? What's this question? I just, you know, because I think it's something that I've been thinking about because I have a friend um, whose birth, whose 30th birthday is the day before Halloween. And Halloween is like my favorite holiday. Of course. <laughs> so we, I haven't gone out in a long time, actually. Um, I think the last time I went out someplace when we were in grad school. Mm. And then like, uh, cause I usually, you know, cause one day, one year Halloween was on Friday and it worked. And then COVID, <laughs> so I didn't go anywhere. Um, and I was like, I don't know if the world is like open enough or safe enough or vaccinated enough to go out. But also, I would really like to. But then, to your point, after I have only a couple of weeks to like think of a costume and do the costume and that whole thing, and it's it's becoming a lot in my head. Think, yeah, thinking about it is just stressing me out because I'm like, I haven't dressed up for Halloween in years and I just don't, I, I haven't even thought that far ahead. I'm just, I was just going to be, you know, home, scary movies, maybe some candy of my own. I wasn't really even thinking about going out. I just, I don't really, I don't really see it for the girls this year once again, um, because it just seems like, you know, you read reports or it seems like things are getting worse than they have been and I just I don't know I don't want to risk it so um I, I don't know I don't know but um I I don't know there there is a Halloween costume I want to do one day but I would have what to be it? I would have to be incredibly snatched and um I would probably have to get like this wig custom made but um this is this is so like left field but i would love i would love because it's so simple but it's everything vernita green from kill bill Ooh. like the braids uh-huh okay that like i, I think it was like periwinkle eyeshadow the 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 tight ribbed black turtleneck the pants i could walk around like a fake um not a shotgun but a fake you know the gun she had you know but well maybe not walk around with it that could be mistaken yeah let let me let me take that back um but it just i don't it just looks like you know or maybe if i had like a group of friends and we could be the whole uh deadly viper assassination Uh squad like that would be cool because that just it was it was the it's just how like vivica a fox looked incredible I mean, and did incredible in that role, but just like that look alone, it was, it was the braids for me. They just really tie everything together, but just how simplistic that costume was, but like, it just says everything I would love to. Yeah. And I wonder how many people would get it without me saying anything. Cause Those it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of very like niche, but yeah, that would be cool. Or, um, 
I dressed as I dressed as I dressed as a Velma once in college, like early on in college. But if I were to do it this time, it would have to be like a level up, like like. So I have three dreams for group costumes. Uh huh. One is the mystery gang. Um, <laughs> one is um, the Suicide Squad, full on. Oh wow. And one is the Justice League, like full on. Oh no, four. And then one is um, the Spice Girls. If you wanna be my lover, it is my dream <laughs> to walk down the street as a full Spice Girl gang. But <laughs> I digress. Uh. But no, that that would be fun. But yeah, I haven't I haven't really thought about it. Another one, but I need to be in like a higher tax bracket for this. And Not again, a higher tax bracket. And again, fully snatched because if I'm gonna do it, I need to do it like full on, like excellent cosplay level. Um, Ravenna from Snow White and Huntsman. Oh, okay. I need the I need the claw nails. Yeah. I need the feathers. I need the the crown. Like I really need. To bring, because if I was gonna do that, I would need to bring it fully. Like that is that is a costume that I would have to do full justice. Um, maybe even, and I can't, I, I cannot do accents to save my life. <laughs> I can't. I just I don't have that. It was like I I can't do accents and I can't roll my R's anymore. I don't know what happened. I'm very incompetent when it comes to that. But I would try to learn a, a an English accent for this costume i just i would do it but yeah so i don't know my two costumes in my head that would be i think i don't have enough time to pull off i want to be genkai from yu yu Hakusho. okay it's a classic anime or rita revolta from mighty morphin power rangers rita repulsa there you go oh my god are you gonna be you have enough um theatrics in you <laughs> to pull that off I can find it in the depths of my soul i just don't have enough time to make that costume that costume is so much that head with the headpiece oh and goodness. the staff yeah and the all of it all of it it's too much it's yeah. too much <laughs> yeah. 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 What up, podcast people? Hello, hello, hello. Coming. Scary Crit coming to you in the morning. Well, probably not at the time you might be listening to this, but this is the first time we've recorded in the morning. It's um, Saturday morning, and we've got so much to do. Is that how the song goes? Rachel Yamagata? I forgot, but it's a good song. It's very nice. It It's a good one, and I feel, I feel like it is a song from my childhood. But it only came out a couple years ago, and I'm so confused. Unless it's like sampling something, or it sounds very similar to something I grew up listening to. But yeah, Saturday Morning by Rachel Yamagata. Speaking it's of just... sampling, do you know Elton John sampled himself? I mean, if one, if you have a catalog as big as him, and if you've been in the game as long as he has, you can do that. 
If you're an icon, you can do that. You can reach into your own bag, get in your bag, Mel, and you can, and you can do that. You can sample yourself. Crazy. That's amazing. But how are you? Okay, getting over this cold. Oh yeah, the head cold has a <clears throat> has you in a chokehold, or at least your sinuses. All of my sinuses are gone. And then let me tell—I don't know if I even told you. Let me tell you how annoyed I am. So, you know, Monday was a holiday. Mm-hmm. I'm sick at work on Tuesday. Like the cold is starting. So I come in on Wednesday. Like, okay, I'm only going to stay for half the day because I can't function. Right? There's a woman who works at my job that's kind of like the housekeeper. She told my boss I had COVID. <gasps> she was like, oh, why did Lauren come in today? She's sick. She has COVID. And I didn't know, right? And so, because I my boss was running in and out because it was her birthday on Wednesday. And then um, when she finally saw me, she was like, do you have, like, why did you, you have COVID? I was like, what are you talking about? I have a cold. Colds exist. Oh, well, Sabina was like, oh, you know, why do I want to come in? She's sick. She has COVID. I was like, I do not have COVID. Well, do you know you don't have COVID? Did you get tested? Excuse me. I do not have COVID. Don't put that on me. Okay. <laughs> don't that don't put that shit on me, Ray. Right. And so, like, she's like, well, you should, like, I'm sorry you came in. You're sick. Like, you should go home. I was like, I wasn't planning on staying the whole day anyway. All the reason I came in is because you had something that you said it had to be done by today. So, ma'am. God. Wow. I was like, I cannot believe the homegirl told somebody that. That's not funny. I know. I know that in the current COVID era we're in, any cough, any sneeze, we ought to, we automatically think, but we we really have to be careful not to assume, especially if you know this is a person who gets tested frequently for work, is very responsible. Like, whoa, don't do that. Don't do that. But, like, imagine if I had COVID. That would have been a DEFCON 9 situation at the office because I would have exposed literally everybody. Our office is only four people. But it's the fact that you wouldn't have even been there if you... If it w- Thank you. Like, if, if... Oh, Lord. I'm just, like, no. There would be no chance. There would be... The email sent, calls we made, but I would be here. I would be here. There would be no way. Cause, no, I don't... Mm-mm. Don't don't put that on me. Wow, that's terrible. I'm sorry. And I haven't really seen her since because I need to talk to her about it and be like, yo, don't do that. That's not funny. Like under any circumstances, that you don't say something like that about anybody, right? And she got a different like relation to it because a lot of people in her family died from COVID. So she's just very like scarred and cautious and okay. But then say that to me. Like I'm like, like come <laughs> to yeah, come to me. Come to me. And so, like, I was just blown. I was blown away. I was like, bro. Talk to me. Break it down. when I talk to you. Like, you talk to me about anything else. Spell it out. Right. Anyways, that's been, that was my week. Yeah. And my week was, you know, uh, it was, you know, it was up there, but it got better. It definitely got better. Um, there was a lot of um, advice received, a lot of, um, you know, like, insight um, that I was very receptive towards. And it helps me get out of my own head, which, um, because my brother reminded me that I am that I am a perfectionist, and when all my ducks are not in a row, I tend to get a little 
Yeah. Um, and, and that's what happened, um, this week and a little bit of last week, but I, I received a lot of, um, there are a lot of hands there that, that helped me, that helped pull me out of, um, that maelstrom of, uh, of anxiety and discomfort. And so the week ended significantly better than it started. And so I feel, I feel a lot better. So I'm doing, I'm doing good. And, um, it's, um, it, it's going to be another hot one today, but it is very cool in the house right now. Um, my room is fine because, you know, it's usually the warmest room in the house because it's facing the front and it's upstairs and all this. But downstairs, like when I went to get coffee, it is very cool. Like it feels like fall down there. So that's mm. that's that's very interesting. But yeah, that's just it's coming. Fall is almost here. My sweaters are they're starting to call to me. I'm I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, so. Let's, let's, should we take the Neganomicon off the shelf? Take it off the shelf. All right, open it up. And what do we have here? Have you seen the news that on Disney Plus, R.L. Stein is getting a new series? What? No. Girl, where you been? Where you been? Oh my God. (laughs) I am so glad that I get to be the one to break this to you. But um, yeah, Disney Plus has um, dropped a new poster for an upcoming horror fiction show called Just Beyond. Oh, this looks cute. And it's going to be based on the, you know, the works of R.L. Stein, you know, the, um, uh, the, the godfather of children's 90s horror. So I, I for one am excited because again, this is like introducing um, his his work or just himself and his influence to a new generation of children, just like they did in the um, early 2010s with um, the the Haunting Hour on um, I think it used to be called the Hub. That was the channel, um, and because you know we had Goosebumps, the um, 2010 babies had the haunting hour and now um people are about to have just beyond now looking at this poster looking closely at it okay now i see a little bit of horror but just looking at it at first i didn't get horror i got science fiction Mm. yeah maybe maybe it's the maybe it's the color palette but Um, it's also that spiral you know what i mean like it looks like um very see you yesterday yeah yeah or see you tomorrow what was it called see you never i don't know no, i know it was, i know, you what, know, you're know about. what i'm talking about right i know, you don't know? I, I, I know what you're talking about i just don't know the exact name of it see you, see you yesterday yeah see you yesterday so but it just and maybe it's like the because that the wand the spell that's coming from it i first thought it was lightning so it just i don't know i just it's giving me very science fiction but when i look closer at it when i see like the the squid tentacle and the 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 man in the mask and the ghost and then this this possible witch and then um then you see there are a lot of lockers so school horror possibly um and then she's wearing a backpack but yeah just it gave me science fiction palette but now looking at it it's in just in the title alone just beyond that's science you know that's science it's very twilight zone yeah yeah but i i'm i'm excited because this was so unexpected i'm so excited that um especially um 
with how long Arl Stein has been in the game and at his age that he is still creating. So I'm just, I don't know what this will be, but I am excited. It's going to be eight unique stories. So we'll see. And it comes um, on Disney Plus on October 13th. So just in time for Halloween season. Yeah, I mean, because like anthologies are a thing now. I think with the success of American Horror Story, everyone's like, "Oh, an anthology, an anthology." I mean, but but that's what that's what Goosebumps was back in the day. That's what um, "Don't Be Afraid of the Dark." That's what um, "Tales from the Dark Side," "Twilight Zone." Like anthologies have always been here in like every or. Not decade maybe. or so yeah that's yeah so they've been here but i think like you said yeah with american horror story that really kind of changed the the landscape for it um especially in terms of i want to say like adult horror possibly mm-hmm. like like network television horror so yeah this will be good speaking of i don't know if i've talked about it yet um lately but this current season of american horror story um it's a because they're doing they're calling it American Horror Story double feature. So like they're going to be doing two stories for this season. The first half is entitled Red Tide, and that's kind of about um, they yeah. say they say sirens, but I'm definitely getting more vampire than sirens. It's and then siren. yeah, and then because uh, there's no aside from the karaoke, there's no singing, there's no hypnosis. But anyway, and the second half is going to be titled uh, Death Valley, and that's going to involve aliens, which they touched upon in American Horror Story Asylum, which was season two. But Red Tide is giving. It's giving. don't like it. You don't? I don't like it at all. Oh, goodness. Why? What happened? I've seen, like, okay, let me stop yelling. (laughs) I read a lot of comics. I read a lot of Webtoon, right? And on Webtoon, there's this comic called Witch Creek Road. And this is just very similar to that in a way, right? There's like a, um, the most recent episodes of Witch Creek Road, these teens go, it's kind of different. So these teens go out to a, um, a, a far a fishing town, right? And it turns out that everyone there is like a fish monster type of a thing, but they look very much like the vampires in this. And like they turn and blah, 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 whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's very like, I think that my issue with American Horror Story is that the first season, I was so not expecting any of those things to happen. I was so involved in the story and I cared about all the characters. And I think that this, I kind of plotted out where we were going to go because it's taking meshes of other types of stories and pushing them all together into this thing. It's too formulaic for you. It's too um, derivative for you. Because like once we saw the vampire, right, the first time with the mother and the daughter, I was like, oh, okay, well, there's going to be a brood of vampires somewhere. And some of them are daywalkers and some of them are like (laughs) monsters that stalk the night. Daywalkers. (laughs) (laughs) And then when he- I'm just a day player. Sorry. (laughs) When he meets the other two writers, I was like, well, obviously they're vampires before the Macaulay Culkin moment. And then it's just like, there was the temp, like, it's this oddest, like, there's, here's the temptation. He's not going to take it. And then he took it. And then he was a jerk. And then the blah, 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 blah. I don't know. My favorite character is the guy who owns the grocery store. Because he's like, oh, so your writing magically got better, huh? Yeah. How did you know? Mm. (laughs) But I don't think anything different is gonna happen like he's either going to succumb to this new vampirism lose his family and become a successful television writer 
or he's going to try to like upend them because he doesn't want to do it and it, it, he doesn't want to lose his humanity and then he's going to die. But I think that's the thing where um, it's like it's a toss up between because the whole theme is like what what are you willing to sacrifice or what do you sacrifice being successful being great at your craft like achieving all these heights like what what is the cost of that so i i really enjoyed the writing in like that because when they had the season premiere it was it was both it was episode one and two so i really enjoyed that like the theme of or like the the metaphor of this pill being um this gateway to success but how you have to usurp or drain um like substance and essence and all this other stuff from other people from everyone around you to, to sustain your own talent and it's just like and how it can be very like um vampiric um and how it's bad for the people around you it affects them but it's also bad for you because you get you're always chasing a high it's not sustainable and now the fact that the daughter's on it uh, that's what i was gonna say can i tell you what i want to happen i want the daughter to take a pill and then kill the mother and eat the baby my thing is right now because well are you caught up i don't know but how do you not know Um, i think the last episode i watched the old lady and Evan Peterson were taking the Evan main Peters. character. Whatever, I'm sick. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> Evan Peter, we took the main character guy to go kill somebody. They were like explaining to him in a car, like they there's like nine pints of blood in a human body, and they split it or something. I thought it was ten. I don't remember, but that's the moment that I was at. I think you're on episode three. Okay. Um, I I have not seen this week's most recent episode um, because work has just you know consumed me. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. That's a good song. Um, yeah. No, I'm on episode two. Oh wow! I've said too much already, then. <laughs> um, but my thing right now is, I don't, what's going to happen with the mother? Because she's gonna die. There's no way she survives till the end. Because it's just, it's, but Ooh, I, what if she takes a pill and then she turns into one of the things because she's not a creative person? Huh? That's what I think they're hitting at. And that, that, oh my goodness, this, the daughter now, now child actors, and I'll, I'll just, I'll leave this relegated to American Horror Story, um, particularly American Horror Stories that the little mini soaps that abysmal. Yes, that abysmal horror. Okay, so y'all, if y'all don't follow Jared on Instagram, you missed his rant and rave about these stories and his stories. Because if y'all didn't know, Jared is a meme god. Oh, thank you. I also I also prefer the term meme queen because just the regal, the regality of it all. But yes, meme God, meme, you know, but meme queen, but yes, I communicate meme. But I, what I need to do is I need to go on my um, archives of my Instagram stories and just put those on the scary crit. Yeah, so y'all can see. But the only good episode was the fifth one of American Horror Stories. The sixth one was an improvement over the first four, but it was not on the same level as episode five. But the remaining were just, no. 
it was it was just a it was not a good season all around but the last episode of american horror stories the anthology series had a child actor who could not act and american horror story oh no it was terrible it was terrible it was giving me casey from stay out of the basement goosebumps oh oh margaret could act the sister was acting her ass off, but Casey, the little brother, my God, today. I was like, not my God today. <laughs> That's terrible. Fix it, Jesus. Like as a as a kid, I didn't care because I wasn't as critical. But watching that shit as an adult, I was like, I don't know what they were doing over there with Casey in that episode. But Margaret was eating him up every scene. And it just, it was the Yes, but anyway. Before um, we shut the Negronomicon, can I ask you what, I think I've asked this before, but I don't remember. What is your favorite season of American Horror Story? Coven. Coven. Because okay. for, for two reasons. Witches, and this is the first <laughs> season, this is also the first season where Black people were there. Mm, true. They had Angela Bassett, um, Gabore Sidibe. Um, um, oh, um, um, oh my God, what was his name? He was also in The Wire. Help me, people. Give me one second. He played Papa Legba. Hold on. Uh, Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick. Oh my God. Oh my God. Lance Reddick. And before, before, when I saw Coven, I had not saw The Wire. So I did not, I was not really familiar with Lance, but he, I would, he was completely unrecognizable in like the makeup and everything, but Coven hands down. And I think you said your favorite was uh, the first one, right? I've amended that since because... I finally finished 1984 and now it's 1984. Because you love camp. Slasher camp. Slashers are my favorite one. You love it. And they did black people. Yes. We had a black woman survive a massacre, bro. I'm so happy. We did. We did. So yeah, but Coven is my favorite. But I wasn't done yet. I was just going to say this child actor in American Horror Story Red Tide is amazing because the way she read the mother the way she'd be reading the mother down it, it makes you sorry for the mother and the way she's like she's able to like level with her dad like really like she's it's it's giving like the level of maturity of Isabel Furman in Orphan even though spoilers in Orphan she's playing um, an adult who looks like a child so of course you would have that kind of maturity but it's just it's very like the it's very mature child acting and she's really holding her own it's giving bailey madison and i love it i love it so but i had some other pages in the economic i wanted to discuss just really quickly oh, sorry, sorry. We're, we're almost done i won't i won't keep us too long um oh we need since because this relates to our movie that we're doing today um so the news also just broke um, more casting news for uh, Disney is again doing another uh, film adaptation based off their attraction, The Haunted Mansion. Um, it's being directed by Justin Simeon, who y'all may know from Dear White People, and also the movie I'm that not Mel- excited. Also the movie that Mel did not like, uh, Bad Hair. I'm not excited for it. Um, but so far we have the newest. <laughs> uh, I think the newest cast members that were announced were um, Owen Wilson. Um, but we're also getting um, Tiffany Haddish, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, and Rosario Dawson. So it's it the cast. I the cast I dig. Um, I I I it could be good. We'll see where they go. But I just don't know why we need a reboot. 
it's just one of it's like it's one of those things where you know um if elton john can sample himself disney can reach back into their incredibly deep bag and be like what what can we what can we dust off i mean we're, we're seeing them do it with these live action um takes of, of classic but that's what i'm saying if if we can do a live action cinderella again and a live action Rapunzel or whatever, and then do Mulan. Where is Hercules? Where is he, Jared? I'm I'm upset. Danny DeVito is still alive. He is. He is. He what is. What is going on? Because if they can, if if they can get James Earl Jones back for um the Lion King, please, y'all need to get Danny DeVito for Hercules. I think the biggest thing though for Hercules, aside from you know, the production, everything else is going to be, the casting will be crucial. And I'm not just talking about Hercules because I'm just yeah, talking about needs the, to be a whole, and then like the muses, the muses, you can't get that wrong. Yeah. You can't and, get that wrong. And um, Hades. Cause like James who, Woods, who has enough gravitas to do Hades today? No. Who it has could to do be that? Funny. Who, who, I don't know. It's just, see, I'm getting stressed out thinking about it. Don't put this on Jafar. In the movie was a disappointment to me. He was fine though. No. But I think that's the point. He probably wasn't supposed to be fine. I don't know. I don't know. Um he also, just wasn't evil. He wasn't speaking, maniacal. Speaking of Aladdin, what is going on with uh Mina Musad's career? Like he should have been everywhere after that. And like I don't really, I don't he had like um a series, I think, on on I want to say it was Amazon Prime, but I'm not sure, but he should, in that movie grossed over a billion dollars, he should be everywhere. And like, I have not heard, he's just not, and I'm mad. I'm, I think I'm mad at Disney because I feel like they, they didn't do enough for his career or there, I don't know. He should, he should have these incredible connections. He, he should be everywhere. I just want the best for him because he did a great job in Aladdin, but yes, Disney has all these live action remakes there. They have a deep bag that they can reach into. That's why we're getting the, this haunted mansion, but also speaking of their remakes that are coming out, I am so sad <laughs> that it was just revealed that we're not getting the little mermaid until May 26th, 2023. Wow. I thought for sure we were going to get it next summer. But no, Disney said because of probably COVID, it has to be because of COVID, they said 2023. To be safe, to make sure we get the most bang for our buck, but also to give um, post-production enough time to really, you know, quality. So, and maybe if if they can go at a slower pace, maybe that'll be better for everyone involved because I know that shit must be stressful. All the, all the, um, effects they have to do the music just maybe if they have to do adr reshoots it just gives people more time but i was really looking forward to seeing that next year but i i'll wait i'll wait for hallie i'll wait it's fine it's fine um but yeah the only other thing i want to talk about was aside speaking of hallie um because you know part of chloe and hallie um i just want to um say a big like love letter thank you to black women Y'all really like revitalized me this week. Um, like how um Chloe dropped Have Mercy. So big, Lord, have, mercy. have you witnessed? Oh, I no, I haven't seen it. It was incredible. Like Beyonce has really, I mean, she's been this way, but I think it is really evident that she has really like reached 
like the status of Janet Jackson and the way that she is influencing entire generations of young musicians um, in their craft. Because like her influence is written all over this music video and this song. And even Mama Tina made a cameo on the video. But Chloe is really doing her shit. And I'm so you know happy. You know what I did her. watch? What? The Ari Lennox video. Pressure. Bobby, baby, twist it, darling. Do it like you mean it, darling. Keep it coming. Ooh, keep it running. Leave it messy. Go ahead and live in it. Swim a bit. Yep. That's exactly how I felt. Yes. All of those things. The looks, the All vibe, All the vocals, th- that bridge. Ari, Ari is a problem. Chloe is a problem. Um, I just, oh my God, y'all, they like, y'all really, they like, oh my God, my week was so hard, but they really did that. I got, um, you know that, you know the movie Zola? Yeah. Um, I think her name is Asia. Um, Asia, Asia King who is, um, that's the actual name of the woman who wrote Zola and it's her story. Um, A24 actually made the tweets into a book. Called, you bought the book? Called, oh my God! Called The Story um, by Asia King. And when it, cause they announced it on their page, like back in like June, and I'm like, I need this. Um, cause I read the tweets and they dropped in 2015, but it's been Who so didn't long. read those tweets and they dropped in Oh my God. Talk about viral, but A24 made the book and, um, it took forever. Cause you know, the shipping delays was the COVID, but it finally got here on Wednesday. And when I tell you, I read it and just got my life again. Cause I saw the movie. I remember the tweets, but reading them all again, especially like in like this book format i know it's amazing roxy is amazed it's amazing and like they would do these things like where when it would be like a maybe this would be called like a beat in a screenplay like a really like they would do it like this oh that's cute something like this like it would take up the whole page like I love it. And then at the back, they have like thank yous and acknowledgements. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, her name is either Asia or Isaiah. Um, I'm going to find out, but. Wait, hold on. So for the podcast people at home, because this is not a visual moment, <laughs> what Jared showed me in this book was where the beats are on the page. It just, it took up, it takes up two pages. So when you open it, it's like a whole moment. And it says it's well, the one that he showed me said, bitch, let's go to Florida. Yes. And then you continue on in the story. It's yeah, y'all got it. And the, even the box, even the even the box that came in, I'm going to have to take pictures and I got to... But let's them. be clear, because sometimes A24 be not be not cute with these books. Right. With these screenplay books that they have, because a large, a, a large selling point with these books is that it's got photos in it. But a lot of the times the photos will be like that. So they dip in the middle and you really can't see the picture. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this happens too, but the words still, they're just so big and just like... <laughs> like trap like they do like i love oh, i love when 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 books like really like when they when they really get like artistic on the page where it's almost like like it like a visual meme form like a video but it's not you know what i mean i don't know but that that got me through that cracked me up um so also another thing was there was um, a beautiful short that just dropped yesterday, uh, September 10th, called 20-something. And it's by um, Afton Corbin, who is one of Pixar's rising Black female story artists. Um, I think she worked on Soul, 
which oh, is cute. which is incredible. But it was um, it's a black girl's twenty um, first birthday, and her older sister takes her out, and she just feels like very like that she's not ready for this milestone. And it was animated so well, and I love the um, I love the theme. I love what they were getting at, and the ending was my favorite part. It was just, and it's only ten minutes. It's only ten minutes, but it was so good. But it was it was excellent, guys. I loved it. It was so heartwarming. Um, I'm very happy for Miss Corbin. I hope that you go far. And it was made in it was at the end, they did that like they showed all these like zoom screens of people, and it was like made in quarantine oh, by like it. these artists. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's incredible how art is still getting made. Um, Regina King uh got a spread in Vanity Fair, um, promoting the harder they fall. And her looks were amazing. There was my favorite would be the one with this gorgeous gold bedazzled dress. Like, look at this. Do you see this? Oh, that's cute. Regina King is really just, oh my God. But anyway, that gave me life. And uh, the last thank you I want to give out is to um, my coworker and colleague, uh, Maya. She had a wine night at her beautiful apartment in Brooklyn. And that really just, the whole thing was beautiful. It just, it really, it really like revitalized me at work after the past, you know, two weeks I've had that have been crazy. But yeah, Black women really came through clutch this week for me. And I just want to say thank (laughs) y'all. Okay. And that was the Neganomicon. Um, So we should get into our movie for this week. Um, we we um we're kind of you know we we're very diverse in movies that we do um so we thought we would do why not cover like a a mid-2000s kids horror movie or or family horror movie that was rated no this was not, there was no way this is rated g he said he said ass did he when what he said those are some big ass termites oh he did and she said to hell with that. Yeah. So yeah, there was so it was PG, but we're, <laughs> we're doing um 2003's The Haunted Mansion from Disney. It is PG. Oh, yep. Okay. So it's PG. So I was right. PG, you, it's all the same to me. <laughs> so, okay, so we're doing, so that's what we're doing. Um didn't you know that the rating PG-13 is, like, fairly new? It was created, like, back in, like, the 1970s or 80s. I think it was for, was it Indiana Jones that did this? That sounds right. Yeah, because they're like, we need, we because it's not exactly rated R, but it's more than PG. We need a, we need a happy medium here. And PG-13, PG-13 was created. Was born. Yep. But, yeah, so The Haunted Mansion. Now, Mel, when I tell you I have not seen this movie in a hot minute, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time, honey. Um, I mean, this movie is um, about 18 years old. I definitely have not seen it in more than 10. Um, but it was one of those movies that I did used to own on DVD. Um, I did. I remember like the the menu and everything. So uh, I didn't remember a lot, but watching it, a lot of it started rushing back. So I remember like who the bad guy was and what the story was and some of the funny moments. Um, Watching as an adult was kind of like, hmm. Because when I looked at the critical reviews, I was like, hmm. Oh, I I see that. I, I definitely see why. But as a family movie, it's fun. 
it's cute. And it is very beautiful. It was very like to see a all black family on screen like that. Yeah. Was really nice. That was really yeah. nice. Cause that, that's one of the notes I took, like watching this as an adult. I think that it's nice to be able to see black kids go on dangerous adventures like this and come out the other side. Okay. Because a lot of the movies that we see or that we've been exposed to as children, it's always like the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. It's always these white kids mm-hmm. running off into danger. And we know they're going to be all right, right? But it's like, it's nice to be able to put Black kids in the same plot with the same outcome. Yeah. And just in how um, the relatability factor was very high for that too. Because I mean, I have I have siblings. Um, I have a brother and a sister. And my sister would definitely be like that fearless one. Um, and I, I'm arachnophobic, so <laughs> I could relate deeply to Michael Evers. And it was so weird to see um, the actor who plays Michael Evers at that age again, uh, Mark John Jeffries, because mm-hmm. um, he's been in a lot of stuff like as a child actor. Y'all may remember him as a young um, 50 Cent and Get Rich or Die Trying. Yeah. Um, but his last, his for me, his most recent role, I think he was in Power. And that's him as an adult. And it was such a different role because he was like, this, like, compared to, like, Michael Evers, his character in Power definitely was not the one to be afraid of spiders. Spiders would be afraid of him. <laughs> like, yeah. he was very, like, it was, ooh, like, gangs. It was, it was hood gang it was all that it was like the range so that was pretty cool and like how old is he by the way what like 30 is he my age our age oh yeah he's 31 wow he's five foot three i did not know that oh and he from the bronx wow <laughs> wow i did not oh he was of course yeah he was also notorious i remember him from that yeah he was in power yeah Hugh Dubs, that was his character's name. But no, the cast was fun. Eddie Murphy was fun as always. But yeah, this movie was, um, again, when when you become an adult, you become a lot more critical of things because you know how to, you look at them in a different way. So critically, yeah, this this movie was just like, okay, Disney, it's not, it's, it's not going to win any rewards, but it was entertaining it was fun. And it is a very cute family movie. It because is. I think that's the thing that I appreciate because when you look at the era that this was made, 2003, Disney was to, but Disney was trying to make movies of, of all of their rides, right? Like that was like the, the driving force behind making this, like the ride was doing well. Let's make a movie about it to try to push the sales more. Right. Yeah. But I think that the film was trying to be more than a film version of something, right? Which is where like this little plot came through and the story and whatever else. I mean, I we, just, yeah, we've seen that. We've seen that like just this year with the with Jungle Cruise, right? And which so I'm the, glad they waited on because the budget and just the the um, the technology and all that, and also the cast is just it's very. I'm glad that they they were able to do it when they did it. You know now, because yeah. if they had Jungle Cruise in 2003, it Mm-mm. It would right, think, it, mm. and I think it would have just been it would have been like the original Doom, right? Like we've made a film adaptation of a video game that isn't good, and so I think because they're trying to make it a be its own thing, that is yes, because of this ride, this film exists. But, but is it's it not able a to? Yeah, is it able to stand on its own two feet? Right. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, I think, like you said, I think it's a good family movie. I think it's a good kids Halloween movie. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll show it on Disney Channel. Come on. It's but cute. I like, it's not like, Haunt, you know. Hauntober. Is that what it was called? Haunt, Disney, uh, Disney Channel's Hauntober. I think if it wasn't it. the tw- 31 Nights of Halloween, I don't know. <laughs> I get you, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a really good family movie. It's cute. It's watch it. Put it put on with your young kids. It's cute. But I think being an adult and being and like seeing kind of like stereotypes and how they exist now, I wish that the script would have been a little bit more developed, and some of the character traits would have been different because mm-hmm. I think that it would have made more sense in the family dynamic. Maybe if Sarah was the workaholic one. If she was the one that was like driven and passionate and trying to do all this stuff and couldn't take a break. And the husband, Eddie Murphy's character, Jim, was like, okay, like let's go on vacation. We'll just take a minute. And she's the one that brought them into the house, try to sell the thing. And she kind of got caught up in all of that because mm-hmm. her temperament was so strange to me. Like that moment that she was like giving it to him in the bedroom about like, we were supposed to be on the lake and we're not there and blah, blah, blah. And then stormed away into the bathroom. That was really the only time she ever said how she felt about the thing and then still kind of let him do whatever. (laughs) And I'm just like, I don't know if this is a real dynamic or if this is just like what's on the script. You know what I mean? Mm. Because if you know your husband, he's done this before. And it's like, if this was the really the one time that you were fed up with it, I think that, that maybe that argument should have been just a little bit different, a little bit more tense. I think that was the, the, and it's a Disney movie, right? So I'm trying to like relax. But no, because no, I'm glad you no, this is this is important because I mean he missed their anniversary dinner because he was trying to get, you know, sign a new client. And I'm like, I get it, but at the same time, it's your anniversary. You have to like you have to draw the line somewhere. And it's not like you couldn't have called these folks back or just left them with your card. But right. like, yeah. And but they they got into this because with him being the workaholic, when when him when him and his daughter Megan went into the mausoleum, and when they were walking up to the coffin to open it to get the key, yeah. Um, basically, his daughter was like, you know, like I wonder whose fault that is, like why they were there in the first place, uh-huh. and he's like, wait a minute now, like. He, he said this line about um, him being like the breadwinner mm-hmm. and how, and then like how he is taking that seriously and how that echoes back to what we were talking about last week with um, Anthony and Candyman and how with him as a black man, how intrinsically tied that is to like being the provider. And if you're not able to fulfill that role, how that will kind of undermine everything else like around you and like what your what your function is and not only the your relationship but in your family dynamic and with um with jim because him and his wife are both realtors and realtors have money especially if they're good especially if they're really good realtors i mean he came home and that 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 was that was a house yeah that was a house. The way his wife was dressed, the how big um, Michael's room was. Yeah, just like and the fact that they can take a vacation just uh, at the drop of a hat to the lake over the weekend. Like, so it's important to know that like they're 
the tax bracket, <laughs> the um, like their the, their class status, and then but again, what that class status comes with because in order to be there, you're going to have to do a lot. You're going to have to work a lot. There, you're going to have to retain it in some way. So you have to do a lot of certain things because it's not cheap to be at the top. And so with him being a breadwinner, he takes that seriously. Um, but then and Megan is like. Um, she's like, but why are you doing this? Like, why are you so determined to be this hard worker to where you miss all this stuff? Because the wife was like, this month alone, you miss this and this and this. It was like, like he's, two basketball games, play, a debate, squad thing. Seven, yeah, like seven something. And it's just like, you're being like, you're working and yes, you're providing, but you're being like an absent parent. You're missing important moments in your kids' lives that you can never, like, this is something, these are things that you can't get back. And she's like, are you doing this because like, oh, what, did you have a bad childhood? You know, like a trauma, traumatic response. He's like, no, I didn't. And she's like, so, and she said this line. So like, why do we have to have what you didn't have? Yep. And, and he was like, <laughs> don't try to pull that like reverse psychology on me. And I just thought that was, it was so brief, but it was like a very poignant moment because it really made me think like, where is this coming from? If he never had, if he never was like in the trenches, where is this coming from? Where he has to be so like where he's being absent because he is being so hardworking and such provider that it's actually doing him a disservice. Like where, where does this root from? I mean, but I think it's a generational trauma response, right? Because I think you grow up with that. So if your great, great grandparents had nothing, then they've been telling it throughout time of I need to provide so that you can have more than I did. Mm-hmm. And I think that everyone, every generation has their different version of like, what is success? Right. Cause I see these on the internet all the time that some people grew up thinking that having an ice maker in your refrigerator meant that you were successful. Or some people thought that grew up thinking that once you have a family, like having one of those basketball things in your driveway with like a clear backboard meant that you were successful. I just, I just want to say that um, I thought that the refrigerators um, where instead of it being, you know, the freezer was on top and the fridge was on the bottom, but they were side by side and I had the ice maker and you just like push the thing. I thought that was fancy growing up. Cause I right. never, I, I don't think we ever had that refrigerator. But so it's like, I thought because I had a friend that had a trampoline and so I thought if I had a traveling that we had made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, we, we're, we're successful now because we have a traveling in my backyard. And it's like, I think you just kind of base that off of what who's around you and what you see. So I think as a Black, because you have to think about it too, right? And this is a bunch of speculation. Okay, so speculation. How many other Black realtors do you think were in his circle? Right. Or how many other Black people do you think lived in his neighborhood? Mm. And so if, if he's fighting to give them the thing that he never had, then maybe what that means is, because I'm sure that all of the other people in that neighborhood had mailbox money, had passive forms of income, so that their family was just set up to like do whatever. And if he was working towards that goal for the kids, then, then that's the thing that he, his family didn't have. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Because like maybe he had to like work at 16 and he's like, that's that's what I'm trying to strive for, that y'all don't have to do that because I'm making enough money that you're comfortable enough to go and be able to do other things besides work. Mm-hmm. Just as like a I don't know, because like like you're they had everything like their clothes were nice. The rooms were big. I loved her jeans. I loved making the jeans. little rips. Yeah, they were Those were so cute. They had a lake house. <laughs> So it's just that, like, it has to be something more of, like, a generational setup, I think, Uh, than a physical thing. Okay. And he's, like, and he's looking at the bigger picture. He's not looking at the now. He's looking at the the later. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, as a a parent, um, that is something that you would you would naturally do. Um, And then with him, again, with his position as a Black man, a father. Right. husband breadwinner of the family takes that very seriously and it's, it seems like he has he it seems like he has trouble s- shutting that off in order to truly be present which was why they were at the mansion in the first place because he could not turn that down right so yeah it's just it was very interesting to me um the fact that that was brought up so briefly but how deep it goes and also the dichotomy between him um wanting to hold him wanting to hold on to so much for his family that's why he works so hard but then master edward gracie the the owner of the mansion wanting to give up all of that for like love yeah you know it's just it's but then at the end of the day him like basically like um willing to get stabbed um jim willing to get stabbed in order to like you know show edward like the letter and everything like if you don't kill me like okay but here's this letter and he was about they're both willing to kind of like die for the same thing maybe different reasons but i just thought that was a very interesting dichotomy but you meet a man who has literally it all but he wants to give it up and then you meet a man who is trying to get it all but he's at the sacrifice of family right so yeah um speaking of that the the backstory right into the the haunting of the house Oh, let's get into it because I don't know. I don't. Uh, let's see if you go. Okay, let say. But I just wanted to say, right? Like it's a traditional haunted house film, right? Which I, you know, I love. Can we just this get into gave the... me very Hill House vibes? Yes, you saw it. I was gonna say because <laughs> Hill House. Uh, I was thinking of the because the same thing as the their same property, the haunting. Yep. Um, I was like, look at the, look at this um or um ornate set design. Look mm-hmm. at how dramatic and it it had everything like it had the classic haunted house soul portraits with the eye holes um the secret bookcase door mm-hmm. okay, uh, okay hold on pause because that was funny <laughs> when he kept opening it and closing it and opening it and closing it okay like, like am i seeing <laughs> like you got the you got the bookcase you got the um the moving statues in the in the bus and the um and especially with the, and this is a direct correlation to the haunting, um, the breathing or pulsing door. Yep. Um, yep. And then um, like the, oh, let me see if I can get this word right. Um, the candelabras, 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 the candelabras is just like, just, oh, everything. It just, how it, it is scary. It is, but it's like so hauntingly beautiful. Like all of it, like, oh, I just loved it. But yes, the haunted house classic, it has that. And so I appreciate that there were benevolent spirits. Yes. Like just wandering around. 
cleaning and whatever. And then all of the, that moment with the spirits in the, um, like the garden party, I thought was very cute because it kind of showed this other, because like when you get to the house and you see how massive the graveyard is, mm. you're like, what the H-E double hockey sixes is. But then when you kind of just see that they're hanging out, <laughs> I think that that's having a cool tea. way. Right, like having a party, whatever. It's a cool way to show a different version of an afterlife. And I get also that this was because it's a kid's movie, right? Because if we were, if this was like an adult movie, they would they would probably be doing other more terrifying things and like having tea. Yeah, which is why I'm hoping the remake, it kind of goes into more PG-13 territory. Because I would let, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the family theme and the horror theme but i would i want to see like let's let's give us more straight horror like let this actually be like scary scary. like let's really go like haunted haunted mansion let's really do haunted mansion you know but um i don't know we'll see but um the the story like the reason why all the series are trapped there and the curse um it was just very like i'm I'm gonna just say it i'm gonna just say it i don't know if you're ready but i'm gonna say it um Ramsey was racist. Racism. He was not down for the um what was what's the term? Uh miscegenation. No, no. <laughs> My God. I'm just like, wait, that term can wait (laughs) um but i was gonna say you know miscegenation um and the fact that because you know um this is back this is like the like the period piece you know like the 16 you know like way back in the day and it's like ramsley was not down for his master to give all that up for a black woman because edward is a, a rich white man with a with a legacy and like legion of money and property and um influence and um even though um um what was her name elizabeth is is black she seemed like she also came from money possibly because i get the, i get i get the feeling that elizabeth and just like um elizabeth and um sarah were biracial yeah I get, I get the feeling. Because you have to wonder, like, if it's in the time period that it suggests to be in, mm-hmm. in the like Louisiana swamp south. Yeah, yeah. How did this black woman come to be in a state, in such a state of regality? Yes. Where she was dressed the way she was, and yes. the jewels that she had, and she had a portrait made of her, and like all of these different things. Because, but the thing was, even though, even though they, even though like they were, they were, um, and they were together, they were together in secret. Right. So you have to wonder. So what I wondered is, did he put her in that position of quasi power? You know what I mean? But like, if did he, if he did, their relationship would have to be public, right? Big old house. <laughs> There's a hundred rooms that she could just sit in. Cause I'm I'm trying to figure out the the what her status was alone. Because yes. like that moment that he poisoned her, she was obviously a guest at the party. 
right? Yes. Because she had on the mask and the costume. So I, yeah, I don't, I do not think that she lived with him. I don't think they lived together. But yeah, I'm trying to figure out like what was her status outside of him in the relationship. She, but again, she, to be dressed the way she was, she and maybe how they met, she had to be of some kind of like influence, some kind of uh, maybe or maybe not. We don't know. Cinema because it could be the, the the type of situation where she was like like um like a bastard kid rapey thing oh lord <laughs> that was the nicest way i could say that um and then for some reason was like brought into the fold i don't know that's what i'm saying like i in the in in the racism context it's hard to try to figure out how she got to the position that she was in Unless he, like, it was like a Rashta moment. Um, that for people who read Webtoon, that's the remarried empress, haha. Um, where the emperor found a peasant and thought she was beautiful and made her his mistress. Because the rules of engagement were different. And like in this in this setting of that story, the emperor was allowed to have a wife and a mistress. Of course. So it's like if, again, if like that's so that many married men thing, try to do today, <laughs> and have your cake and eat it too. And I'm like, that's not the way it works, sir. I'm sorry. Unethical. Just but, just just break up with her. Go be with who you really want to be with anyway. Or just find someone that's down for like. Oh, an open marriage. Mm-hmm. Anyway. someone out there for everybody but it could be a situation where he found this woman fell in love with her made her his secret mistress and then was like i'm gonna give i mean well he was never married family. though he was ne- he wasn't married though right but if if it's in secret i'm gonna just call you a mistress <laughs> like oh. you are my secret lover that just lives in this house now thanks and then like was like really in love with her and had decided to give up his his family legacy and whatever to be with this woman. Yeah, because he was they were gonna they were gonna run away together. Right. Uh, they were gonna get married and he was gonna leave it all for her. But Ramsley is just like, um, excuse me. <laughs> um, as your butler and as in as being in his family as long as I've been, because I bet he's been in there for generations. Um, it's just like if you were to do this, you'd be you be ending the line because I, there's no way that they're, uh, Devlin, how was, I almost said offspring. Like, this is like a science class. There's no way there, there's no way their, their, their children are like their legacy would be accepted under the, um, the Gracie name. Yep. Cause if, cause I, I'm under the impression that um, the Gracie name and how all that goes is very strict on, it can only be this type of person, you know, and they also have to come from this type of background. Well, it, that was probably Southern arranged marriage. Uh-huh. I need you to marry right. Barbara you, Sue McLean because I need her daddy's land. Right. And it, we have to grow, we have to grow bigger. We have to right. gain more and it has to continue. And if he did that, um, it would not continue. It would stop. Nobody would be accepted. And because Ramsey can't take up the, he can't take up the mantle. He also, produce. he would have been out of a job. True, and he, there's no, and there, there, there will be no, there will be no heir. There would just be no, so it would stop. So he'd be, he'd be ruining um, the family's legacy. 
his own future legacy, um, Rams, Ramsley's employment, and um, just like the the house, what would happen to the mansion? So Ramsley did that um, for like very selfish reasons, very racist reasons, and also just the fact that um, this is bigger than you. We have a legacy to uphold. If you don't want to uphold it, I'm going to force your hand because it's not going anywhere. Right. And that was why, and this was so confusing to me. This was so confusing to me because it was so random. Because after he, after it was all revealed, after he was called out on his shit in front of everybody and Master um, Edward knew what the T was, he said, you know, that great line, damn you all to hell. And, you know, all the ghosts came out and his eyes, his eyes glowed blue, almost like storms. Well, hers are gray, but his eyes were like sky blue, whatever. But why did this demonic hell dragon come out of the fireplace and snatch him up what was that about because i think ramsey, that was not explained it was so random but here's what i think because ramsey had been the one in control all these centuries right mm. he was the hgic the head ghost in charge girl that's the title right there thank you so much we got a title people <laughs> hgic get ready but so thank you when the truth, because like the for the curse to be broken, the truth had, had to be revealed. So in that moment, the truth was revealed. It's like Rumpel and you have to think, right? And you so you have name, to think that all, power. all his power is gone. And so I think for because he was such an evil person anyway, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, this is how I've rationalized it in my head. Right? This mm-hmm. is an insight into my brain. Mm-hmm. I think maybe he like I don't know sold his soul to the devil or something stupid to be all powerful or keep the house. I don't know. Um, And so in that moment when he was like, damn you all to hell, I think that he called forth the powers of Satan, like Sabrina, to like suck them all down because he thought that he was still in control. I still need to finish that show. But now that the, the curse had been broken, his contract was up. And because his contract was up, now you have to owe what you pay. Or you have to pay what you owe. You're going to pay what you owe. And now here down you come. Because he was the only one to go to hell. <laughs> the only one. Everybody was like, oh, oh, okay. Because I think too, that because maybe what happened was when Edgar hung himself, he was like, oh Edward. no, Edward. I Edward. don't know people's names. I'm sorry. So, it's like- a So being sick makes you forget small. names. Jesus. Uh, so get her some more Theraflu, folks. Something. We're so when it. Edward hung himself and Ramsley saw it, maybe he was like, oh no, like I have to fix this. And that's how the curse started. Maybe he made a deal with the devil to keep his spirit on the property so that like he could try to rectify the situation or whatever. And then that's how this whole thing started in the first place. And then accidentally he kept everyone there after they died. The influence is just, but yeah, it's just he, because because the legacy stopped when Edward killed himself, and he probably did not think that was going to happen. Gonna happen. But he underestimated how much he loved that woman. So, but that was fucked up. Like she wrote him a letter and everything. Like I'm gonna marry you, and Ramsley stole it after he poisoned her. Went behind that. Up. Went behind that bookcase. It's just amazing, like how much a narrative can be twisted, if mm-hmm. like people if if parts of the story are kept hidden 
It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So Ramsley was definitely, yeah, he was, he was definitely giving me, um, yeah, that he was definitely giving me like, um, but let's talk about this man's entrance because this man's entrance screamed evil Disney villain. So the thing, all right. So the thing about Ramsley is like, oh my God, you are such an unsavory character. Like, fuck you. But also he was giving like every little bit of evil villain evil supernatural ghost fish like the entrance the speech the slow draw on the speech like how low his voice got when he got serious like i will deal with you two later and just and like like the hair the the outfit like who played ramsley um terrence stamp oh is terrence still with us is mr stamp still with us he is still with us bless his heart he's 83 Look at that. Him and Angela Lansbury will hold on until the end of time. I, I sure hope so. Um, and um, we do and, and Dame a Maggie Murder Smith. She Wrote episode. I would love you forever. I would have to. Say I don't know how that. Oh my god, you've never watched it? Can you? Oh my god. Oh my god. You just have to watch the first episode. It's in two parts and then we can talk about it. Okay. We'll, we'll save it for later this season. We'll, we'll save it for October. She got so excited, but yeah, um, him. Um, wow, I just forgot. See now, see now, you're rubbing off on me. I forgot her name. Who? Angela Lansbury. Who who plays her? Or is Angela that... Lansbury is her name. She plays oh. Jessica B. Fletcher. Oh, so yes, um, Angela Lansbury, um, Terrence Stamp, and uh, Dame Maggie Smith. Please. Oh, and Betty White. I don't want to lose her either. And Tim Curry. Oh wow, yes, Tim Curry too. But yeah, Terrence Step. Play- Play, Terrence Stamp played. Yeah, I did rub off on you. Sorry. <laughs> played the hell out of that this role as Ramsley. I was just like he he really like he was he was the MP he was the MVP out of everyone. Like even even more so than Eddie Murphy, and like no Tino Shade. It's just like I don't know. Like Ramsley, like he he commanded the screen. He did screen and scene whenever he was there. But I think that's like, because that that actually is a really good segue into my into something else I was thinking about. Because I think that they used Eddie too much as comic relief. It over, it just it it was it, it did it too got, much. It, it, yeah, it got it, it got it, it fell flat. It was yeah. too much. Because that moment when he was running down the hallway with his hands in the air, I'm like, what, what? Like hands on my knees, shaking ass. I'm like, that's not, it's not cute. And then I- <laughs> I was not expecting Megan to make an appearance in that um, analogy, but okay. Just up here, I don't know. Because like, just on a on a personal level, right? I didn't understand why Jim wasn't more upset and protective over Sarah in the beginning. Because if, if, if Brandon overheard someone on the phone asking me to come to a house alone, He'd be like, excuse me, <laughs> what is happening? And then when we get there, no one really talked to Jim directly until um, Edward was like, oh, Jim, do you believe in ghosts? Up until that point, everyone only addressed Sarah, only. Sarah, hello, so good of you to come. You have beautiful children. Why didn't you come by yourself? And no one talked to him at all. And I'm just like, was there no like husband radar of, of red flags popping up at all? Because everything out of his mouth was some type of a joke. 
And it kind of it didn't match the the severity of the situation and the tone. Yeah, it just it was very yeah. So, mm -mm. it didn't. mm -mm. So yeah, Ramsley Ramsley ate up every scene he was in. Um, And even the the juxtaposition of the kids and Jim, like when um, Megan and what was Megan and Michael Jordan. When Megan, that boy's name was Michael Jordan. I was like, yo. But so when Megan and Michael. Who used to Michael Jordan? His name is Michael Jordan Evers. Oh, his middle name is Jordan? Yes. Where was this said? Somewhere in the beginning, somebody said Michael Jordan. Or somebody said his whole name and it was Michael Jordan Evers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so when Megan and Michael were following Elizabeth's like spirit orb up into the attic. Mm-hmm. And it was juxtaposed with Eddie, like going through the the back room. The, I I loved how they did that. How that was shot, though, or edited, because like it would you would think it would be him opening the door, but it was it, it was Megan. Yeah, I I loved how that was edited. That was very. Editors do not get enough credit. No, nope. they really don't. They are the people who make the movie. Oh. Yeah, and I just I just want to praise editors like um for we mentioned it briefly like Chloe's Have Mercy video. Wow. There's like this scene where she does a dance break and just, I cannot imagine how stressful that was to edit, but the way that it came together was phenomenal. But yes, the way that was edited was great. And, but even in that moment, you can see that the kids are taking a more serious serious approach. Yes. Than he is like, like literally all of it was just a joke. And I'm like, at some point like you have to be a real person in this, in this moment. I mean, I think the only time that that was even remotely close was when the kids were like, well, but mama's in trouble. And then he looked at them and he's like, well, what kind of Oh, yeah, because you just just need to say one thing. Right. Which is the wife. And it's just like, then he snaps to it. Right. Um, Speaking of the ghost orb, this movie came out in 2003, which is one year before this computer game called Thief Deadly Shadows came out. And there is um there is a level called the Shellbridge Cradle or robbing the cradle, and it's just like the it is so creepy, y'all. Like it took me forever to get through because it's just like the the uh, the atmosphere and the aesthetic is so creepy. But uh, the character in that game also follows the ghost ball <laughs> for briefly. So the ghost orb, the spectral orb, spectral just, orb. Yeah, the spectral orb. So, but no, I enjoyed I enjoyed how. The kids, even though they were scared, they took it seriously. And I, I love the focus on the kids as well. Because, I mean, it's Disney. You know, children are the driving force behind Disney. It's for the kids. It was giving me very, like, Casper, Beetlejuice-esque vibes. Yes, yes. The kids were driving the storyline. Yes. And the adults had to kind of catch up and follow. Yes. Because one and of the- my favorite moments is when they get to the crypt. And Megan is like, it's a warning. He's like, well, how do you know that? Because I took Latin. Dad. I took Latin. <laughs> <laughs> Like you and you and you told me it was stupid because you think it's a dead language. No, I took it and look, I can read Latin. And just the fact that again, it this these are two black kids. It was a black girl who knew Latin. Right. Come on. Come on. Yep. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So no, the kids, the kids are all right. They are. <laughs> um so no, I, I do like that. And it was just, but yeah, if 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 Jim was a character who who took things a little more seriously or dealt with them in a different way then maybe 
his characterization would have been better matched to the situation they were in. Yeah. Cause it, it did feel, it did feel a little off. Um, but moving on to with the character, the, the relationship between um, Jim and Michael um, and that focus on like, cause Michael, like me, <laughs> is arachnophobic, um, has a fear of spiders and like the, the spider being like a metaphor for something. Again, metaphors. Um, I, I analyzed that and took it as because there's that scene where they're, they're running, they're trying to escape the mausoleum from all the, the dead and the door slams shut and all those spiders come out and cover the door. Yeah. And Michael is the only one outside of it who can unlock it to free his sister and father before they get overtaken by the undead and he's just he's scared he can't you know he can't he can't do it and aside from his sister threatening him <laughs> which i thought was very realistic and authentic as what you know an older sibling would do to a younger sibling in a situation like that the, jim was talking about how you know um you know you got to be a man it's time to be a man and how like this concept of manhood and masculinity is um, really instilled and ingrained in little black boys um, at those kinds of ages by their fathers because they have like this expectation and this um, this this reputation they have to start creating and start upholding as they get older and for mm-hmm. Michael you know because men men aren't afraid of bugs yeah yeah and that's why it's very important to um, find me one who is not. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know. But it's it's like him 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 having to him having to overcome that fear of spiders and him having to kind of take that that mantle. Because um, even at the beginning, um, there is that conversation of he has to he has to smash the spider and like whack the spider but what does it what does what is whacking the spider what does it mean as a little black boy to be a man and fulfill like these meet these expectations your black father has of you and that in in larger realm that society is going to have of you like what does it mean seeing your dad be this very busy but also very successful realtor but then he's also missing out on important moments on your entire life like bonding what is what does that mean but what were you going to say i was just gonna say i think that it's interesting the parallel though because in that first moment that you were talking about with like he rolled up the sports illustrated and he was like (laughs) you're brave enough to have this swimsuit issue you're brave enough to do the spider thing which rites of passage for you know cishet black men whatever right because like exploring my sexuality does not mean i can kill bugs but in that moment, he was like, because I'm not like, I'm your father and I'm not afraid of anything. So you shouldn't be either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then in it's the not that second easy, moment, but in the second moment, when he finally admitted that he was scared, what did you do? I'm fine. I thought my nail, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you were so, I was just like, what happened? I got scared because um, it. <sighs> no, I understand. I do. But um, so. In that second moment with all of the bugs and they were trapped in the mausoleum, he was finally like, look, I'm afraid right now. Okay. It's okay to be afraid. Yes, I just was need you so to push important. through that so, so that important. we don't die. <laughs> that was so important. Cause it's just like, please 
teach your son about vulnerability and how that can be a strength. Like that's so important. Right. And, and that's what was able, like knowing it was okay to be scared, gave him the strength to go forward, grab that lock, slide it back and pull open that door, even though he was covered in spiders by the end of it. But it's just like- Large you- spiders. Cause that's the other thing. That spider in the beginning was big. Talking about, oh, this is spider. small. I was like, for who? For who? <laughs> no, I would have been. But I just love how they had that moment between, you know, a Black father and a and his Black son. Like, that's just very important to me. But I think, I, now that we've talked about this, I think that is the one thing that was maybe missing is that the mother and daughter didn't have that moment, right? Because if we're talking about uh, they the story. And they were such like, they seem, especially the daughter, were such like, they weren't. I mean, I know Sarah was a little bit, a bit flat, but they weren't, they, ha- they, there was some, dy- they were dynamic characters, yeah. especially the daughter. I'll- and I think it would have been nice to have a moment to talk about love and yes. And what it means to sacrifice yes. and how you don't have to give up your entire self for the pursuit of love. Yes. Love. Say it again. My goodness. My God today. Because it's like, it's just kind of sad that that is now like the expectations of romance that were set, right? Because Uh, Elizabeth killed herself (laughs) or in theory or died or whatever it was for love. And then Edward killed himself for love. But because it all worked out in the end, it's fine. Like we are not Romeo and Julietting it over here. This is not the way love goes. Boy, like is love enough? Is love enough? Is love going to put food on the table? You know, love should have brought your ass home last night anyway. <laughs> um, but love no, I just not made you miss our anniversary dinner. I just remember um, when applying to grad school, I heard like this horror story about um, a woman who got into her top, her top choice, her top dream school. And she was, she had a boyfriend and he's like, um, like, if you go like, I'm going to break up with you. Like, I can't, like, I don't want you to go. It's just, it's not going to happen. And so it was like an ultimatum. Either you go to your top school and lose your man, or you stay and be with your man and you lose your top school. She chose to stay with her man and he broke up with her anyway. Like later on, he broke up with her. So you lost your school and in the end, love wasn't enough. And I was just like, never, girl, no. right love by itself is never enough because say in an alternate universe in an alternate reality in earth 35 right edward and elizabeth run off together and he leaves his money and his pampered lifestyle and his butler and goes to be in love like what would have happened because this man can't work he's never had a job he doesn't know what it means to like go out and be a farmer or a shoemaker or to be Whatever. a part of the proletariat. Right. And so, like, doesn't that just, isn't that just the breeding ground for resentment? Because, like, love is not enough in that circumstance. Because now your life is going to be so much harder because you don't have any of the things that you're accustomed to. And God forbid they had children. Because now we're scullery maids, all of us in a shack in Louisiana trying to figure it out. Not scullery maids. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but no, damn it, Mel, you just made me sad because, like, you have made major points. But I'm just like, damn, do we really just have to go there? Because I'm like, I like to, even though I'm cynical, 
when it comes to shit, I would like to believe they would have they would have made something work. But you how? Know? Because you had no plan. And he would have been willing to make something work. Or maybe he could have, even though like he's leaving the mansion, who's to say he couldn't have sconed with some of the money? Like be smart. Like if you go and leave, take a suitcase with you, full of the coin. Take a candelabra and pawn it. Something. Something. Take something. the silver. Be Spawn like, it. just make sure, like, even though you leave in your legacy, take some of what you know brought up the legacy with you so you can like maybe create your own legacy over here separate from that like be smart because i feel like even though he was gonna give it all up there's no reason why he can't take the money what he needs right you know take what you need but you know i i totally get what you're saying but i think that would have been a very important conversation for the mother and daughter to have especially because of and i'm not saying this in a bad way i am not because i know black girls and black women get dragged to hell and back for being this but i'm saying but especially for how headstrong megan was. was yeah yeah and I, but i think that was such a beautiful thing i think that was such a beautiful thing to have megan and michael be such opposites how she was the one to whack the spider yep and just walked off like it's Are you dead. Happy now? It's dead. like what's up like what like so much time on this conversation right like what's up so and i love how they were opposites because it's just saying that black girls and black boys do not have to be like these archetypes or these specific roles. Like they can be like, they're not monolithic. They can be varying degrees, but how these conversations to be had, like it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to be headstrong. Like it's okay to, um, it's okay to take Latin because you like it. It's okay to reject the fact that, oh, they say like, it's a dying language. No, I want to learn it. And you have a moment where it pops up and you can read that shit. You're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah i just so that would have i really would maybe if they do maybe in the 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 new one that's going to come out like the women in there like tiffany haddish and rosario dawson they will have these kind of well dyna- tiffany haddish is going to be all hee hee ha ha so i'm i have no hope for her being a character of death <laughs> that, that that new that new movie that new movie with um that that fine ass man um oscar isaac um just came out oh he's guatemalan american mm. um what is it called the card the card counter i think that just i think that just came out yesterday um tiffany haddish plays the love interest and it's like a, it's kind of like a dramatic dramatic it's a drama film this is different for her so i i think she has range maybe we just haven't seen it maybe she hasn't tapped into it but i have hope that she's not gonna forever play what we came to know her as with girls trip which like put her on the map i think she'll have range and will witness it but it would be nice if in this movie her her character and rosario dawson's character kind of had that 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 dynamic um conversation or because uh, i don't think there's going to be you know the whole mother-daughter relationship but if there can be like some kind of community between women in this film mm-hmm. Um, like there wasn't in this one, that would be, I think that would be cool. Though, and I think, I that think that's important. the other point, right? Because I think throughout the entire movie, there was there were two phrases that kept being repeated, right? Like it's only going to be 20 minutes, which you all knew was a lie. 20 minutes tops. <laughs> <laughs> and what about our family adventure? And I think it's interesting how those two things like morphed throughout the entire film. Yeah. Because it became this running joke. Well, it became like a serious 
thing and then like a lie and then like a joke at the end when they were in the car and he was like how long is it to the lake and she's like 20 minutes tops because like we all know by that point that it's not true and also she was the one driving right like how the roles flipped yep yep and then the whole family adventure thing i think it's cute right because when you talk about an adventure like we've all like this family has gone to this lake before Mm. we've done this trip we've had this time together so when you define adventure, I think a part of that is something that has that happens that's never happened to you before. So I think it's cool that they were put in this situation and they learned more about themselves and like their relationships and like who they are as a family together and separately, blah, 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 whatever. But it's just that like, I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, no. I lost it. No, find it. Find it. Um, we were talking about like the... Oh, um and about their relationships and who they are as people. But I, I think the, the whole point of adventures like this is for that like bow tie at the end, we've learned the lesson moment, right? Like very full house. We, we've stolen money and we've gone through all the consequences and now we know stealing is bad, whatever. After school and, special. Right. And I think that for a Disney movie, I think that that after school special, special-esque moment wasn't there at the end unless it was the visuality of them in the car with like madam what's her name oliota jennifer with- tilly the one and only <laughs> the one and only but so with madam leota and she's like and megan's like madam leota won't shut up like when are we getting out of the car and then like the musical barbershop bust on the top singing yes. the song <sighs> like it was very cute the way that it all ended and came together but i think that there wasn't like this like even like, because I don't think love conquered all in this scenario at all. Because everyone was still dead. <laughs> I mean, but they got to move on. They got to move on. Oh my God. If I'd have just said, I love you and I love you enough to let you go, I'd have still been alive. And I'd have died at like. Even, a, even though it's not the way that they wanted it, they still got their happy ending. I like Eliz- Elizabeth and um, Master Edward. So. Um, but that's the other messed up thing, right? Because, and I'm now running with my theory as canon fact that Ramsey sold his soul to the devil to keep all the souls on the property. Mm. If he hadn't have done that, <laughs> they'd have been in heaven a hundred years ago. <laughs> they wouldn't have been trapped in the house. You're right. And she wouldn't have been trapped in like spectral orb form because the truth had to be revealed in order for her to escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or be so, yeah. set free, as it were. Yeah, so if that was really what the tea was, I really wish that had been included, because it left so it left a lot of confusion. Like, like I said, when because when he got dragged to hell, it just it made no. I'm just like, girl, what is this flame dragon? What is going on? That it has to be that. If anyone else has any fan theories, let us know. But that is what I believe happened. I think that he felt bad, and he's like, no, you can't, you can't move on. I need you to stay. And he sold his soul to the devil to get the the. Edward to stay, and then inadvertently everyone stayed. So my question for you is: Then, if um, Sarah, who was like the, who was like you know, like a, a doppelganger of Elizabeth, if they if they had gotten married, if their if their union was consummated, like they got married, and she drank that the poison wine and also died, would that mean everybody would still be trapped in the mansion forever? Yes, because she is not Elizabeth. So then the curse wouldn't be, so he was, so Ramsey was lying about the curse being lifted. Uh-huh. Hmm. 
Because then in theory, right, Sarah and Elizabeth just would have been trapped there. Wow, he is real. Yeah, because she would have still stayed in her special orb form to keep the truth in. Wow, this is this is very like he was really bad to the bone. That's some evil shit. <laughs> well, damn. Um, the last couple things I just want to say before we wrap up was um, I mentioned her, Jennifer Tilly. Love um, the rhyming. Jennifer Tilly touches his gold. I um, first became a fan. First met her um, with Bride of Chucky as a child, and as Tiffany, she just like an icon, a horror icon. Truly, like the the the, the aesthetic for one, um, like the the way she carries herself. Um, even when she was in, you know, Tiffany as a doll form, and that voice, she has such an iconic voice to me like you it's just one of those voices you hear it and you immediately know no, who it is yeah. i mean from from bride of chucky to <clears throat> bonnie from family guy like you just you know so jennifer tilly but she was hilarious in this one um especially after the rhyming like all the rhyming stopped and she just got like very like when she said look i don't make the rules i just work here I just work here <laughs> as an adult so as an adult that sent me i was <laughs> cracking uh, because I'm just oh, like, like, yo, here's the key. She's like, great. Now find the trunk. Trunk? What trunk? You didn't say nothing about a trunk. I just make the rules. I, just, I don't work, I work here. here. Like what? I just. Don't, it was so funny because it was the delivery, the placement in the movie, and just the fact that it, as watching as an adult, because you you've had those experiences where you've either said that or you've thought it to yourself. Especially like having after having like a job, especially if you work retail, <laughs> like I don't make the rules, I just work here. Um, but it was just so hilarious. And like when she when she rolled over after he had after Jim had literally gotten thrown out of the mansion by um wow, this keeps happening to me by Ramsley, where she's like, What are you doing? So you're just going to sit and feel sorry for yourself. And she gave a really good piece of advice where she was like, um, the only, the only true failure is to stop trying. And he's like, so what should I do? And she said, and I just love how there was like that, that pause. That That's pause. the after school special moment. There and, she, it is. and she was just like, try again. And then he, and then proceeded and he proceeded to drive his car to the house. But I loved how <laughs> the camp in that scene where she's like, she's a crystal ball buckled up in the seat and he's like hang on she's like to yeah, what I'll just, I'll just wait here oh no after they crashed right no she's like yeah she's like uh just like you know, like i'm gonna go i'm gonna save my friend she's like well i'll just i'll just wait I'll here just hang out here <laughs> like jennifer tilly even though her role was very small was so funny yeah was so fun i would say after ramsley for me she was the she was the other mvp but i also- wish that she had been the comic relief and not eddie murphy Mm. like if she would have had more small moments to say those little quippy like jokey jokey things i think it would have been a stronger film overall i mean hers was definitely more effective and she was featured a lot in the marketing for the film i do remember that like back back with the trailers and all that and um, when you're watching disney channel like she was definitely featured um a lot in the marketing which was a good which was a good call yeah, I, but I bet you there were more clips. I bet you if there was like a director's cut, she would be in it more. 
she was so funny. She was so funny. But yeah, Jennifer Tilly is Madame Leota. Um, I also loved um, Ezra and Emma, the um, maid and the footman. Oh, yeah. um, Wallace Shawn also has a very recognizable voice who plays Ezra. Um, and then just looking back at like when you watch this movie and then like, like the, um, the CGI, like the technology. Early 2000 CGI coming through. There was a lot going on with that. I was like, okay. The mirrors and like the swoopy swoopy. Yeah, I was just like, okay. Are those cat eye glasses? Yes. They're so pretty. Where'd you get them from? Uh, on an Instagram page, actually. I'll find it and send it to you. I get mine from Zinnia. I haven't had a pair, a new pair in a couple months, and I think I'm going to get some more, but those are really pretty. Um, but yeah, the CGI, just all that. And then the last thing I want to say is, which I thought was hilarious, aside from the maids, one line, because my two favorite lines were, um, well, I had three. They were four, actually. They, they, <laughs> I'm sorry. They were... Um, I don't make the rules. I just work here. Yep. Um, when Emma was, the maid was trying to bring all her luggage and possessions to heaven. And he's like, you can't bring all that. And she's like, the hell I can't. Oh, I and um, <laughs> when he, uh, you know, damn you all to hell. And then, um, oh, fuck. There was one more mail. Hold on. Well, while you think of yours, do you want to know my favorite like line? Part? Yes. Yes. Um, Mr. Evans, do you believe in ghosts? I mean, yeah, I believe in ghosts, but we shouldn't put that on the listing. People like toilets. We should play up the toilet angle. <laughs> that was such a realtor thing to say. He was, and, and Edgar's just, I mean, and uh, Ramsley did not respond. He was just At like, oh, but that was so funny. And then even later on, he was like, when you go to the bathroom, check to see how fast the toilet bowl refills. You say that. It is just like trying to have your kids do some work. And it's just like, we're not even supposed to be here right now. Right. Um, you want me to check the toilet pressure, please? Right. Oh, yeah. Was, that I was mean, funny. Toilet pressure, though, is important to me. But yes. Um, last line. Try again. Oh. It was just so good. But um, I keep saying last thing, but I really do mean it this time. When I was little... Because this aired on Disney Channel and everything. Um, and for the marketing, Raven Simone did a cover of Very Superstition. Riding Come on, Mel. Give us a show. <laughs> 13 month old baby. I remember that music video. Hey. Yeah, yeah covered it. Um, she did a cover of Superstitious by Stevie Wonder and like brought, introduced that song to a whole new generation. Um, I, I was definitely a part of that, but because uh, this is 2003, um, and in January of that same year, that's when that's so Raven had premiered on the channel. So Raven had been rocking our worlds for like a majority of that year. Then the Haunted Mansion comes out later that year, and this song comes out, and there's a music video, and it aired all the time on Disney Channel, and it. I thought that Raven was going to be in the movie. So when and I and I wanted to watch the movie solely for her. So and also doing fertility. But when I watched the movie and Raven was nowhere to be found. 
I was so crestfallen because I kept waiting for her to appear. I thought she was the sister. I thought she was, yes, I thought she was part of the family. And when she was, when I watched the movie and she was not in it, I was so sad. But that music video and song had me in a chokehold. I loved it. Like that music video, every time it came on, I would just stop everything and watch the choreography, Raven's outfit, like the red, that red strand in her hair. And just like her vocals, just like uh, my favorite part is like that refrain, like when you believe in things that you don't understand, you suffer. You know, you got, you know, you got to, you know, you got to get into it. But yeah, but no, Raven, Raven was that girl. And wow. But also shouts out to Nelly for the credit music. That was so unexpected. I'm I'm like, (laughs) with the, with the, what was that theme? The divorce court theme? Yeah. Like that sample. Yeah. People's court theme. I was like, what in the world? I'm like, okay, Disney got ghetto. I'm kidding. Wow. I'm kidding. I'm taking that out. (laughs) Disney got black. (laughs) Disney got black. But yeah. But hey, y'all, that was the Haunted Mansion. Tell us what you think. Did you have you watched it? Do you feel the way that we feel? Have you has it been a minute since you watched it? It's where I think it's it's been a while for us. It's worthy of a rewatch because especially if the last time you saw this was as a kid. Watch it as an adult. Like it can be a little cringy and like real like you know extra but it's 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 like i said it's entertaining and jennifer tilly and ramsley and just like it'll make you laugh but yeah it was good um any final curls for you miss mel just um i know i've been saying this for a while but like i'm really working on these transcripts it just takes a really long time um but i think i'm gonna go backwards so i'm gonna start with this one and Candyman, and then go back to the first ones just so that y'all can have them. Um, and yeah, you know, what is it? Influencer vibes, like, subscribe, rate the videos, share, share podcast, share all those things. Tag the we people. appreciate you. Yeah, we do. We, we love you. We love our listeners. We do. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a friend. Let me stop. Whoa, whoa. Oh my God. Started from the bottom. Now we're here now. Uh, i was gonna do like that remix i saw on facebook of that one guy that was such a good one um for me i don't know um we're trying to see malignant tomorrow we are okay uh matinee i'm hearing that uh the ending is just like james swan does not want that to be spoiled and he's really you know he encourages you to see this in the theater and like i just hear that the movie is kind of like um the 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 word i've gotten is like outrageous like a, a love letter to like outrageous 90s horror films or something like that i don't know the but I, reviews i've seen online is like the first part is meh and the second part is really really good i'm i'm just i'm i'm excited to see it we shall see we shall see let's uh what you want to do donuts again beforehand? <gasps> Because if we go early, they'll probably have more because they've just been baked. Let's we'll look at showtimes. But I already looked; it's not going to be in that same theater we were in. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. They didn't. They didn't. Malignant was not that big of a movie, I guess, to warrant that type yeah. of release. But and it's not even in Dolby. But hey, well, it's okay. We'll figure it out. But we'll look. Um, yeah. Um, I I don't I don't mm, I don't have I don't think I have any final curls. Um, but. Yeah, like, comment, share, subscribe, <laughs> like this YouTube channel. Um, and stay scary, folks. We'll see y'all next week. Later on, podcast people. <laughs> <laughs>